Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Thank you so much. Motives matter because motives move us in a direction. And I hope that will continue to be a part of your life this week. Well, in Galatians chapter 2, we're going to continue on, and I'm going to read a little bit. And and unfortunately, some of you who are learners, you need to follow along. I don't have all the scriptures up on the screen for you, but it is important to... Um, we do have Bibles out there. Make sure you grab one. Come to church with your Bible so you can follow along. Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read a section. Remember, we talked about last week, and, and this is why it's important to be here week after week in churches, because we build off of... Um, so I, I don't want to recapture the history of who, where the Galatian church is, who wrote it. It is Paul who wrote this. But um, Galatians chapter 2 says this in verse 1. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Taking Titus along with me, I went up because of a revelation and set before them. Though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised, though he was Greek. Yet because of, a false, because of false brothers secretly the, uh, brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom, this message is going to be about freedom, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery. To them, we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seemed to be influential, what they were makes no sense difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, the uncircumcised would be considered the Gentiles, the Jews were the circumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me um, for mine to the Gentiles. And when James... And Cephas, it's interesting, he changes. Cephas is actually Peter. He names him Peter for the first two times when he's writing. But now um, Cephas, he's he's named him this. Um, There's some, I'll give you the, I know you're asking the question, why does he change his name? I did some research on on that, and there's nothing really concrete, so you're just going to have to take it for what it says. He just changed his name. James and Cephas and John, who seem to be pillars... Perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, and we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised, the Jews. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Let's just continue on just for a moment. Stay with me. I know it's a lot of reading, but I'm going to unpack this here in a moment. But when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, modern-day Turkey... I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, 
He was eating with the Gentiles. By the way, that's James, the brother of Jesus. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Well, I'd be fearing the circumcision party too. All you men out there, run the other way. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically among with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? I think it is fascinating that the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to us about this topic. When you had Kevin share this morning, drummer, Pastor Kevin, share the word that God gave him on the way up here this morning. He was talking about weeds. And really what it is, it's like we, we put up with these things in our life, and yet we still say we're followers of Jesus, and we come to church, and we pretend that our lives are this facade, and the reality is maybe we've got stuff that we need to own and stuff that we need to work on. These weeds. Well, today I'm going to be talking about freedom, and if you'll grab that first slide for me and put that up, there's a couple things I want you to, to understand. There are some freedom robbers out there, and we know those freedom robbers by um, Paul talking to us about them. And when we look at verse 4 of chapter 2, he was talking about the false brothers that, that try to sneak in and try to rob us from our freedom. See, when we first come to Jesus, we make a decision to follow him. And by the way, if you're here and you're a guest today, thank you so much for being here. Also, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, that's okay too. You can follow along. I am going to ask uh, for you to, if you'd like to receive Christ, I'll give you that opportunity at the end of service as well, because I want you to have this freedom. So, so when you come to this place of asking Jesus in your life, he frees you from your past shame, your sin. And we have this almost euphoric feeling like, oh my word, I can't believe what Jesus has done. But then you start getting back with the old friends. And then you start doing the old things that you used to do. And then the very freedom that you felt and the freedom that you experienced began to be stolen from you. So the first point on there, if we'll put that up, is this. Our freedom can be stolen by the influence of others. Do you know the old saying? Bad company corrupts good character. Listen, church, I'm saying, yes, we are to go to a world that does not know Jesus, we should have unbelieving friends, but are, they, are you influencing them or are they influencing you? Because the more that they influence you, the more that they're going to steal your freedom that you have in Christ. And we're going to talk about what does this freedom look like in a moment. The second point, look at this one. The fear of what others might think. Remember, and I think that is what happened with James... When you look at verse 11 and Peter, they were hanging with the Gentiles. Here's Jews now who found this freedom. By the way, 
these Jews, the freedom that they found was freedom from the law, freedom from judgmentalism, freedom from the common condemnation that the law brought. Do you realize that, that the law was actually, they added three, 613 laws, the Pharisees did, that people had to keep. Oh my word, the burden of that. Every move you make, there's a law for this, for that. And so here's the Jews who got free from the law, free from the oppression of the judgmentalism, and they're hanging out with the Gentiles. But then all of a sudden when Paul shows up, they act like hypocrites. And, and why do they do that? It's because of fear. Fear grabbed them. They're like, what are, what are they going to think? Oh, should I? Should I not? Should I? You know, what are people thinking? I don't want to. Well, let's look at this third point for a moment. You see, if we care too much about what, uh, the fear of what others think, it also then goes back to our lack of confidence in who we are as children of Jesus, children of God, of, of really followers of Jesus, children of God. And this is why I love, Paul didn't have a problem with that. He was bold, he was brash. He said, even with the influential guys, you look at this, what he says in verse 6. And from those who seemed influential, that it makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. So in other words, he's saying, I don't care what status they have. See, I don't fear man. I care about what God thinks. And I don't lack confidence because I know where I stand in my relationship with Jesus. You see, those become freedom robbers for us if we're not careful. The influence of others, the fear of what other people think, and the lack of confidence in our relationship with Jesus. You see, Christ died on the cross for our freedom. And when we first come to Christ, we experience that freedom. But my concern is for us as followers of Jesus, that we begin to slip back into either old patterns, old habits, or wrong thinking. And it steals from us our freedom. Steals from us our freedom. Well, I want us to read a little bit further here. In Galatians chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 15. You keeping up okay? I obviously have not done a good job. I have not heard any amens. Well, I have heard a few (laughs) nods. Like, that's good, but thank you so much, Kevin. I'll take that one. Verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentiles, not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you. So we have been, so, so we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Let's keep reading. But if, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, justified is made right, we too were found to be sinners in Christ, then a servant of sin, question mark, so In other words, let me read that again. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners in Christ, a servant of sin, 
So in other words, are we servants to sin? If we come to Christ Jesus who sets us free from sin, do we become servants to sin again? He says, by no means. Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. I want us, I'm going to be talking about that in a moment, so just lock in where that is. If I rebuild what I tore down. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Okay, we just got through reading the entire second chapter of Galatians. Good job, church. So now here's where this gets really interesting in talking about freedom. You want to remember this. Freedom. You don't have to work for it. You'll see this on the slide. You don't have to work for it, but you do have to work at it. See, the gift of salvation is free. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough for it. It's free. Jesus did all the work. He paid the price for us. And when we come to that place of freedom, we haven't earned it. We haven't worked for it. But here's the key. From that moment on, you've got to work to keep your freedom. You've got to work at it. You've got to work at it because it is too easy. It's like what Kevin said already. Those weeds, they just don't go away on their own. You have to be proactive in using that weed killer, the Holy Spirit, or you've got to go in there and get the hard work and dig through that, those weeds and get them out of your life. You have to work at it. And like what we said before, those three, rob, uh, those three freedom robbers, they're going to come and steal from us if we're not proactive in working at it. You see, I want to kind of put that verse back up there. There's a verse, if you'd put that verse up there for us. Can we say this together? And if we can rise to our feet and say this, come on up, stand to your feet. This is the word of God. This is Jesus' words for us on the count of three. We're going to say it together. One, two, three, four. Through the Who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. You may be seated. Thus the reading of the word. I think I heard that somewhere in some formal church, but... Does that thanks be to God or something like that? Is that what comes next? Peace be with you. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. 
By the way, just in case somebody does come from one of those backgrounds, I was not being, uh, I was not minimizing those. I was not making fun of it, by the way. I, was, I, I grew up in a Catholic uh, school. I went to a Catholic school, and then I was in a Presbyterian church. So I know a little bit of those sayings, but you can tell I wasn't a very good learner. <laughs> it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. See, this is the freedom that he wants us to have. Jesus now, when we come to the understanding that we did not work for our freedom, but we received Jesus into our life, but then we have to work to keep the freedom, but we realize it is Christ who lives in us. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Jesus is in you? That's unbelievable when you think about it, that the Spirit of Christ is in us, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, we have to continue to learn how to die to our own selfishness. We have to die to our own self-centeredness. And so Christ can fully live in us. It's freedom. He wants us to live with great freedom. If you follow me on Twitter... I was working on this message, and I realized that for the last hundred years, I would say this is a new thought, this is a postmodern thought, that in our culture today, we feel like happiness is found when we satisfy the desires of our pleasures, that we're looking to have pleasurable moments, and we want to satisfy them. And we then say happiness is, the more happy I'll be is the more that I can satisfy the pleasures of my life. And it's such wrong thinking. Happiness is found when we can master the character of our lives. Think about that for a moment. Our character is formed by the life of Jesus Christ who lives in us. And when we continue to surrender our life to him and allow our character to be perfected, which by the way is a lifelong journey, but allows our character to be perfected, we will find such joy and contentment and happiness in our life. But we scurry around so quickly trying to satisfy the desires of our flesh. I want this. This will make me feel so great. If I go on this vacation, if I just have this relationship, if I just have this new car, if I just have, I just have, and we chase, 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 and happiness, joy eludes us every step of the way. But if we begin to, like chapter 1 says, where are our motives? And if we put Jesus Christ as our priority, as the motivation of our life, he begins to form our character that begins to give us such contentment and peace and joy. And I know we basically say, well, is joy and happiness the same thing? And I would say contentment and joy together really is the true definition of happiness. So here's the understanding. He says, don't rebuild what Jesus has torn down. In verse 
I told you to, verse 18, see, somebody looked at that. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Paul, who says this. You see, the very thing is, when we accept Jesus into our life, he tears down the walls and the junk of our past. He gives us this freedom, but, but what happens is we walk in freedom for a season, and then we start to build things around our lives that begin to take away our freedom and we rebuild them. And what happens is we begin to entangle ourselves with wrong thinking, You can go ahead and put this up, that next thing. This is how we entangle ourselves. I'm just wondering if I get too tight here. I'm going to fall right over here in a minute. <laughs> Wrong thinking. Next. Wrong living. Next. Wrong relationships. You see, we begin to entangle ourselves in, in life. And, and the very things that we pursue actually take away our freedom instead of walking in freedom. I, I have one story for you. And I'm going to keep be, myself being wrapped up in this while I tell this story. It might look foolish, but it's going to make a point. I know a young man married a baby and their family, another baby on the way. He gave his life to Jesus, but he never allowed himself to fully walk in freedom. Alcohol became a vice in his life. One night, got home from work, wanted to celebrate his anniversary. Said, let's go to a restaurant and gets his wife in the car. I'd already had a couple drinks prior to that. Starts speeding down the road. His wife says, hey, hey, we, we shouldn't be doing this. Ah, oh, it's no problem. Gets to a restaurant, has another couple drinks. This point in time, she's nervous to get back in the car. He demands her. He roughens her up. His wife calls a friend to, to pick her up. But like a good friend would do in the church, somebody comes over and talks to him and, and says, hey, hey, you know what? What are you doing? You know better than this. And this is what he says. Jesus doesn't judge me. I'm free. I've given my life to Jesus. He doesn't see my sin, my drunkenness. And in a rage, he pushes this friend. But do you hear what he was saying? I'm free to do whatever I want because of Jesus. But do you realize how his life is so tangled up in lack of freedom? What would have happened if he got in an accident? What would have happened to his future with his daughter? What would have happened if he began to abuse his wife? 
See, it begins to tangle us up the way that we live our lives, but it's over wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking. Christ died for our freedom, yes. But he wants us to work at our freedom, to not be tangled up by the cares of this world, but to not be tangled up by the, by the desires of the flesh. We just start getting all wrapped up because we're not have, we don't have the right thinking. We have the wrong living and we have these wrong relationships. It's all based on this idea that we want to pursue this idea of what it takes to be happy. And Jesus says, I'm not concerned about your happiness. I'm concerned about your freedom. And he says, why do you, why do you start building those things back up in your life, the very things that I already tore down out of your life? And today, Jesus is asking us, what are the things that we maybe have built back up in our life that have started to entangle us? Maybe it is alcohol. Maybe it is a habit. Maybe it is just wrong thinking. Maybe it is a wrong relationship that you, that you know very well that, that what God's word says about something, and yet you choose to do it and say, well, Jesus will forgive me. Do you realize, you know what? He will forgive you. But he can, he's concerned about your freedom. It, what he says in his word is, is not to judge us or condemn us. It's to allow us to walk in wholeness and freedom. And I know it's difficult sometimes. Our flesh begins to rise up. The stresses in life begin to pressure us and we try to find those little escape mechanisms, but the reality, all that does is begins to rob us of our freedom. It begins to tie us up and tangle us up and, and eventually we just like, how did I get so bound? I, come on, I go to church and I know God and I know Jesus and yet you're still walking around like this. Because we've allowed the freedom robbers to come in. You want to just put up that slide of the freedom robbers again? The lack of confidence in Christ. How do you build confidence in Jesus? Be in God's word. Spend time with him praying. And by the way, be in life group. There's something about being with other people, other believers that help us grow. Yeah, that's the influence of others. You want to you wanna have positive influence in your life? Be around people who love Jesus. And then have confidence. Don't be afraid of what other people think. You don't have to cower away. Be confident in your relationship with Jesus. Be confident in your relationship with Jesus. Now, in closing, I just want to share this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it talks about faith. It says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see... We live in a culture that loves self. And it's all smoke and mirrors. Self. 
that you're looking for pleasure. You're looking for happiness. But you're looking in all the wrong places. And when I say you, I'm talking to me too. But I want God's best for us. And God's best is found by coming to the place where there's the true substance. Faith is the substance. It's actual. It's tangible. It's real. Not the facade. Not the things you're trying to grasp in life that you feel like all of a sudden I got... Ooh, it slipped through my hands. Where'd it go? Chasing again. Ooh, where'd it go? No, faith is the substance. It's concrete. It's real. Our faith in Jesus Christ is the rock in which you can build your life. Do I hear an amen for that? Jesus Christ is the rock of which you can build your life. He is the substance. He's the real deal. Life group's going to be happening here. A life group launch is going to be happening here in a couple weeks. You want to get connected to life group. We'll make it easy for you. Don't let people rob from you your freedom. Don't get entangled by all the junk out there. Don't start picking up those pieces that God's already set you free from. And by the way, if you feel like you're entangled today, there's good news. The Bible says when we confess our sins, we'll be made free. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to say thank you for what you've done on the cross. We realize that our freedom, we don't have to work for that freedom, but we do have to work at it. Because God, the prayer sets us free. Receiving you into our life sets us free from all the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that we feel from the mistakes of our past. But then, Lord, we need to walk that freedom out day after day by the choices we make, by the friends we keep, by the thinking and the renewing of our mind. And, Lord, you renew our mind by allowing us to be in your word. Give us the right motivations, Lord, that we put you above all things that we put our feet securely on the rock, which is you, Jesus. Wondering if there's anybody here today that would say, I would like to know Jesus. I want to live in that type of freedom. That's you. Just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody here who says, "I, I haven't asked Jesus into my life yet, and you want that freedom? Anybody here? Just slip up your hand. Father, for the, there's people here today that feel like, you know what, I've got so many ropes wrapped around me right now, I don't feel like I'm walking in complete freedom. Jesus, I pray that they don't feel any condemnation at all, because that's not of you. There's no judgment at all, because that's not of you. All there is is this deep love in saying, you know what, would you allow me to help unravel those ropes that are keeping you in bondage? And that's all it is, is it's continue to surrender your life. So Jesus, each one of us wants to say, Lord, we surrender. We surrender. We surrender. 
And we thank you for what you've done here today as we've gone through Galatians 2, talking about the freedom that you have for us and the freedom robbers. God, that we will walk in the freedom that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to dismiss you guys here. We can stay and continue to worship. I just want to be mindful. I want to protect your time and, and honor your time. And I wanted to say Galatians 3 next week, read ahead. And I'm going to ask for a few testimonies of how you've chosen to walk in freedom this week. What things have you done to say, you know what, I've either unwrapped some rope or I'm making some choices that are going to allow me to walk in better freedom. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's how much time you spend in God's word. Maybe it's your commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to get in the life group. Maybe I've been distanced from church for too long. We're going to hear from you next week. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 